Welcome to Peeling the Onion Podcast with Cheryl Passwater and Nancy Campbell, where we have real conversations about what it takes to dive deep into the unique journey of healing. Health is not a win-lose game. Join us and our amazing guests to explore the layers of physical, mental, and spiritual health. So grab a drink, go for a walk, get cozy, and let's peel the onion. All right, folks, welcome to Peeling the Onion podcast. Today, you are in for a treat. We talk a little woo-woo on this podcast. You know it's part of our practice for Cheryl and I to dig deep into our intuition, to trust our gut, to think through what we're feeling versus what is being told to us or asked of us and sorting out all the mixed messages that that we get in our lives can really be honed in by becoming body aware and focused on what our soul is really desiring and what our needs are. And with us today is Jules Tartak, who is an intuitive and timeline forecaster. She is a coach and she will certainly walk us through today on how we can get really clear um, and get really focused on what our needs are, what our intuition is telling us, um, and how to decipher between what is programming and what is truth. And so, Jules, welcome. I hope that's a valid like introduction for you today. Um, we're going to learn a lot more about your background and a lot more about what what brought you to this work and you were here with us because you and Cheryl actually have uh, an long ago started a relationship while Cheryl was still in, in the profession of teaching art in a hospital setting. And um, so tell us actually, tell us more Jules about how you got into this work and who you are and what your practice is like. Okay. Hi. And uh, thank you for having me on today. So, so this work has always been a part of me since I was a little girl. And I feel really fortunate that I had a father who really nourished those pieces of me and, and gave me a foundation instead of saying, oh, it's just your imagination, uh, or telling me what I thought. He would ask me questions. Well, what mm. do you think, you know, and what do you see? And are you hearing anything? And and that would go just from dreams, even when I was a child, and I would tell him I had these flying dreams, or I connected with this being, and he would be inquisitive. So I feel like that was a great beginning to not be shut down so often as parents, you know, uh, lovingly do by saying, oh, it's great imagination. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so that's yeah. really where it began. And that's a wonderful gift. That's yeah. really powerful. <laughs> So basically, kind of going forward, you know, I I feel like my soul chose many lessons, very hard lessons throughout my life in order to gather information so that when I worked with people down the road, I already had those experiences logged in as information. Mm -hmm. So it was easy to pick up in an energetic field going on around me 
And, and so that just made the work even, even more clear about what I was to do, what my, my soul's mission, I guess, on this planet was to do was to remind people uh, of their, of their magnificence, mm-hmm. you know, that everything we need is contained within and to trust, trust your, trust your journey, trust your process. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, it's, I think what you're really talking about is like, it's everything is also just energy, like us leaning into energetics. Um, last week I recorded an episode on muscle testing with my friend Nikki and just how it's like, no, it's the energy of the body, like what's stored and telling us what's in balance or out of balance. And, you know, when I met you, we both actually met in a gut health program, I think um, with Summer Bach years yeah. ago, far before um, our relationship kind of expanded into um, further energetic, you know, realms. So, um, you know, I worked with Julie when I, um, she was doing distance Reiki on me when I was dealing Mm. with Epstein-Barr and chronic mono, um, infections and, um, you know, moving into that space of when I was working in adult oncology, um, and, you know, helping people, um, you know, in that, you know, sort of way. And so, um, I think it's a great conversation today because, like we, we are energy. The earth is energy. Everything around us is energetic. Um, and we're just not necessarily tapped in to all of that, but real health and wellness is mind, body, spirit. It's the whole, it's the whole trifecta, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're seeing patterning. We were just talking about this Jules before we got on, right. About the idea that there are patterns within our bodies, there's patterns within our lineage, within our, our heritage, our families. We were, I was just sharing that I was listening to, a, to an interview with Gabor Mate, who was talking about how, you know, there's patternings between trauma and specific types of cancer and disease. And, you know, so like, for instance, women who have experienced uh, PTSD, there's a high correlation between them and, and having ovarian cancer. It's, it's not that you are due to have ovarian cancer if you have PTSD, but if you look at the, at the numbers, there's something there. And so that unresolved, PTSD, that that bit of trauma, not being able to express anger helpfully, you know, there are ways that our bodies store information. Do you, in your work with clients, tell us what are you what are you encouraging them to do? Are you helping them move energy through? Are you helping them to identify their components and parts of past trauma? Can you walk us through kind of what sessions look like with clients and how you work with folks? Absolutely. So before I go into that, you know, the whole thing with PTSD and then ovarian cancer and the link there really is also on, on a spiritual level, on the energetic level, uh, just when you go into the energy of the womb, right, that's the creation Mm. of life. And when you have something like PTSD, you're really stopping, you're coming to a halt, you're, you're almost in perpetual freeze often. And so you don't want life to continue. You Mm -hmm. want to stop it right where it is. So the ovaries and uh, PTSD link in that way on the energetic scale Mm -hmm. from how Mm -hmm. I do it. And so so when I'm working with clients, those are the types of things that I will pick up and that I will hear. The moment that somebody books, I've already got their name. I understand who the players are in their life. 
I don't need to be told. Sometimes I will ask for an initial just to confirm. And, uh, and once I have a pretty good imprint of who they are, uh, information just downloads. It just comes right in. And then I'm able to see what needs the most healing for them at this time so that they can actually go forward in their life. So. Oh, yeah. It's powerful. Right? Yes. Right? <laughs> because it's like so many of us, we walk around, you know, where we talk about the body and what the body holds. Right. So there's a book called the body keeps the score. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it here. Okay. And so this, it's the way that the body keeps the score is not just here, but it's also in our mind. It's like, what are we telling ourselves? And then what are we supporting throughout our day? So I look at uh, a client's language, right? What language are they using? Are they saying to themselves, oh, you know what? I always do that. I'm so dumb. Well, if you're repeating this all day long, or if it's just sitting in the back reel, then you are in the process of creating circumstances in the body that's saying, oh, she thinks we're dumb. So we're just going to kind of check out. We're going to numb. And Mm -hmm. so working with clients, it's once you see this pattern and this patterning within them, it's easy to go back and to pinpoint an age usually from where this type of behavior and thought pattern logged in and then how they've played that out throughout their whole entire life, repeating, repeating, repeating that pattern. So once we approach that and when, once they understand the information and they can actually digest what I've given them as mm-hmm. truth, mm-hmm. and most people do because we all know ourselves better than anybody else, right? We just play Jedi mind tricks sometimes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> then, then we can go forward in creating a plan as to what to do to unlock and release that pattern and why it, it doesn't serve us anymore. So by going on a future timeline, we are able to say, okay, if you stay on the timeline you're on, And if you continue forward in this manner, then this is what's going to be repeated. It'll be repeated in six months. It'll be repeated in a year. It's going to be repeated in five years. If you choose to begin to heal this based on our plan, whatever that may be, it may be uh, shifting language, you know, uh, it could be different affirmations that go along with movement, it could be whatever the system is telling me it needs for healing. We go into that plan, and then they're able to go forward and to actually visualize and see a future timeline that is healthier, that is more beneficial to them on the whole. So it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, uh, you know, I've had to do it with myself in order to know that it works because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're just giving out the medicine, but you don't know it works, then, yeah. Yeah. So I want to, I want to kind of reiterate what I think I heard you say. So okay. 
you're helping. So you have a client walk in the door or into, you know, schedule a session with you. You get some basic, basic information off of a form. You are already gathering some energetic hits from them, reading what their background is. You, you meet with them, you confirm or reveal or, you know, expose some of these hits, but also just sort of like peeling back some of these layers of what, what you feel like is blocking them. And then you're helping them to, to come up with some strategies to rewire, right? To rewire, 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 rewire. So we can start to unfurl and undo all of that messaging, right? So that, you know, cause I think that that's something that, that is a point that we should sort of like maybe bookmark is just that, you know, we can be so accustomed to these, the wiring that we've been fed from a very young age, maybe that person or that group of people who convinced us that that was truth was, were also convinced that it was truth and it's, it's, it's intergenerational, but let's just say that it takes on time, but to, to also hold trust that our, our system and our neurons and our cells can reprogram right Right. and so then that's a process i'm gathering just from my own personal work but i'm sure that you would agree with me right it's just is it would you describe it as like a combination of both rewiring and re like getting to know yourself or trusting yourself again trusting re yeah i don't how how do you how do you describe that um, and you, no one can see me right now, but I feel like I'm like <laughs> these hands are swirling around. Yeah, yeah, like exactly, like I'm imagining yeah. these cells like spinning, you know, and and reshaping, yeah. and you know, yeah. So, okay. how do you describe so, that, Jules? Well, I find that interesting because so as you're using your hands, you know, yeah. this in itself, uh, anybody who ever does ecstatic dance or who mm-hmm. dances in general, you know, we use our hands and we are swirling energy all the time. So the fact that you did that, I love that so much. Yeah. And then how would you describe, I guess what I'm I'm seeing is that what what we've gotten to is this client, you're, you, you've given them tools. Their job is to now, 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 now the awareness is established of yes. what is the pattern now there is a, a tool to be given whether it's movement mantra or both or meditation all of the things that you use Many. yes totally and so then my hands are moving again but now there's this rewiring process that's happening and in my I'll just share from my own experience there was both the awareness and then and then the acknowledgement in my body like the physical acknowledgement of what it felt like when that, when those belief systems would rear their head and I was having to stay in my body and fully aware of how it felt. And then there was a third step of, of making a different choice of how I responded. Right. So I just, I wanted you to describe in your own words, because I, this is, this is my own, this is my experience, but how do you describe that process of, of rewiring? I I don't know how else to, to describe it. Yeah. So uh, awareness is number one. So once the client is in full awareness, right? So sometimes while we're having the conversation, I will pause them and I will ask them, do you understand what you've just stated? 
Mm. And sometimes they're like, oh yeah, <laughs> right? You know, because once we all come to, you know, out of the 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 sleep of, oh, I understand what I've just stated and how this pattern is playing out. Uh, then we can go into another step, right? And then we can ask, I can ask them, now, where are you feeling this in your body? Because mm. once you have an understanding that your language and what you are stating is, is making its home in your body, and then you're able to tap into where it is in your body, you're able to shift the energy of that. And there's mm-hmm. several ways that I do that. I mean, I work with the chakras. I work with energy. Mm-hmm. I sometimes I just do, you know, great little uh, hand symbols and, you know, have them close their eyes on Zoom. Uh, so we go through understanding awareness, where it is in the body. And then the rewiring is beginning within those two steps. And to go forward really depends upon the client and what their language of receipt for rewiring is. Because mm-hmm. not everybody receives information the same way. So some mm-hmm. people, right, are experiential and it's like, well, you know, maybe they do better while they are out taking a walk, practicing some rewiring techniques. Mm-hmm. Other people prefer to do it in mantra or meditation. So it just depends upon who the actual soul is that I'm that I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, right. And it's just practice. You know, there there is it took us years to become I gosh, you know, I'm going to use the word fractured, but that's just frag fragmented really. And, uh, and it takes time to repair that so that the body does feel safe. So the body does not have to say to itself, oh, okay, we have to protect ourselves now. Instead, you have awareness that gets to lead the way and state, hey, you know what, I'm going to look around and actually I am safe in this moment. And when you bring presence to the forefront, you realize you are safe in every moment. And Mm -hmm. if you're not safe, then you get to take the action that would be appropriate to go along with that. Run, fight, you know, whatever, whatever goes along, you know, with that nervous system. Yeah. Right. When I realize like sometimes people don't realize they don't feel safe. You know, like we can have fractures that have happened in our childhoods at points where we you know, maybe we toughed our way through something. We didn't think it was such a big deal. Maybe our family members or people around us didn't make it feel like a big deal, but it was. And so, you know, we have these pieces of fractures and something I've even consistently seen, not only on my own journey, but um, in my practice is these clients who I get who have chronic illness and they've been dealing with it for years and mold and parasites and Lyme and Epstein-Barr and like all these things that keep reoccurring and how much of that is stuck trauma, how much of that is rewiring, how much of that is mind viruses, how much of that is, you know, kind of all these, you know, different things. And so even as I'm helping people in their physical body, we're talking about their spiritual energetic body. And then usually I also like to send actually them to people like you or the people who are, 
you know, medical mediums or Akashic readers or move into all these, all these energetic spaces so that they can do some extra clearing as they've been, after they've been doing that work so that we can maintain their whole body health and wellness. And, you know, if I set them straight to somebody at the beginning, a lot of them aren't going to do it. You know, they're so spazzed out with like, I feel terrible. Like I want to maximize and prioritize what's important and minimize you know, what I can. Um, but it really, I think it, when I think about just chronic conditions and how much of the world, like we're walking around feeling like crap and we, we are missing this spirit, energetic soul, you know, experience our soul contracts, the people that we've been in relationship with, you know, all these different things. And, you know, it's funny, I grew up in the Midwest, um, as a pastor's kid and like, I was like woo-woo talk, all this weird woo-woo, like, you know, whatever, whatever. And it it took me a little bit longer to fully come around to energetics, uh, but I was always very intuitive. And so like I had this, this sense of intuition being an artist and like art is all about being intuitive. So like working in, you know, the art world. And I, you know, I remember um, coming to you, Julie, because there was a point in time um, I worked as an art artist in residence art um, in adult oncology for 10 years, and uh, which was some of the most rewarding work of my life and some of the hardest work of my life. And I would sit with people and make art and tell their stories or design tattoos after they'd had like a mastectomy to like have something covered up later on or whatever it was. I worked with their family members, their friends. And, you know, sometimes you would see people who they would come through and their bodies were just done. And you could tell. And I had this very visceral moment, um, this story where I, one of the people I've been making art with, with her and her sister for like two, three years. And she was just at the end, but she just couldn't let go. It was a really... It was really sad. It was hard to watch, but you know, we would still like make art and have jokes and like try to bring happy energy. And one day her sister grabs me and she's like, Come here, I need to talk to you. And she's like, I know about you. And I was like, What do you mean you know about me? She's like, Your name is on your tag. I looked you up. You're in the holistic world too. And I was like, I am. And she was like, Listen, my sister is suffering and I don't know how to help her. But she was like, I feel like you do. And I was just like, okay. And I was like, and she's like, come on. She's like, help me. And I was like, talk to this person. <laughs> and I remember giving her Julie's number and I was like, Julie will help her. And I was like, I'm not the person to do it, but I was like, I'm going to do this part. And I was like, just, just talk to her. Cause I was like, her sister just needed help being able to release and being able to, and you know, and I remember Julie was like, she had a couple of things that she needed to close up. And then two, three days later, she had passed peacefully mm. at home, I think in her own bed, if mm. I remember correctly, you know, this whole thing. And she was able to leave, you know, Earthside and go and move on, um, I think, in just a peaceful way instead of her just being holding on, being in so much pain and trauma. And, you know, she just had something she needed she needed to close out. And, you know, how often do we, you know, do we get to see that or experience that or witness that, right? With um with people because we've just disconnected from that energetic aspect, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's amazing is uh her sister, uh, she still has sessions with me. 
And wow. yeah, and we just had one yesterday. No and way. Absolutely. And I I'm so it's it is such oh. a um it's an honor truly when mm-hmm. you get to work with someone's family after you have been uh intimate really with someone's soul in their mm-hmm. family line. Mm-hmm. And you know the soul has preferences. The soul has uh it has likes and dislikes and when we are at the end of our physical existence here and we would like to get out of this vehicle, which, you know, really, I mean, the soul is free and it's timeless and it's, it just wants to go. It's like, get me out of here. It's like, uh, we, we really not it's not too often that you know you get to connect with that part of someone's soul especially at the end stages of life mm-hmm. so it was such an honor and it was such a gift and you know while you were telling that story Cheryl I had such chills and I was like oh she's here she's listening now what no so amazing oh, yeah, for real I mean she was here yesterday during my session with her sister but she was mm-hmm. here in a very different type of way now for mm. that story yeah. so you know, we are, Ram Das, one of my favorite quotes, we are all just walking each other home. And, mm, mm-hmm. and that is, that's all the time for all of us, right? What you do, you help open up other people's eyes, what I do, right? We're all mm-hmm. linking together to help heal the larger whole. Yeah. And, you know, everybody has to do their own work. However, what a gift that we all get to link hands and hearts and souls for a little mm-hmm. while to share and to give. And art, art, art is a language all of its own. Uh, music, language, all of its own, mm-hmm. holds very specific frequencies. And Cheryl, your whole entire lineage, like just even as you're speaking, I was like, Cheryl is such a medicine woman. Like mm-hmm. you are so um like it just goes back 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 and you know whether you look at this as uh you know you are existing in uh every every dimension right now all at the same time uh and in this one you are doing this work and in another one you're just ever so slightly a different version of yourself uh what you're doing here is it just it carries over it resonates everywhere throughout this earth and you have touched so many people's lives with with what you've done like i don't even think you're aware how many people's lives you have improved or sparked uh creativity and healing and care and love so mm. you know that's that's really um that's powerful that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm just, you know, it's so funny. You're talking and I'm just like, I can't believe her sister is yeah. still with you six, was it six years later? Yep. I mean, that just, oh, like, <laughs> ah, God, I love it. You know? And, and, you know, and again, I think that's also like, you know, for people listening, 
sometimes it's the simplest thing of like just trusting your own intuition. It's like, technically, I wasn't allowed to give her your information. Technically, I'm not supposed to talk about anything other than art making. (laughs) And I would get in trouble all the time with my boss. She's like, you're not supposed to talk about anything other than art. But like trusting my intuition in that moment that like this was the right thing to do. And, you know, it's funny. So like recently, you know, I think another example of this is recently I was at muscle testing training in Nashville, Tennessee. Nancy and I've talked about this a lot. She's been following the story. And Julie, you've been I think, following this story too of this cat that I found in a hotel parking lot in a corporate center next to the interstate. And I heard him that morning that I didn't see him. And that night I was leaving muscle testing. I was getting ready to drive from Nashville back to Atlanta. And I heard him when I came back out, I was with my friend. We come out of this whole energy medicine weekend and I see him and this cat looked into my soul, like something I have never quite experienced and was like, help me. (laughs) And the first words out of my mouth was, I'm going to find your family. I just knew, even though his ear was kind of clipped and infected, even though I was like, no, he has a family. I know he has a family. And my friend's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, we can't leave him here. And I mean, I carried him in my lap, held him like a baby all the way back to Atlanta, five hours in the car. He heard the whole way, would put his paw holding my face, this whole thing. I posted two social media posts and I found his family. And I'm returning him back to his family today in Tennessee and reuniting them with his mama cat, who wasn't even, not even his mom, just the cat that was like his best friend and this whole thing. And it's like, there's a lot more story to this whole thing, but just trusting that, like, I was like, no, people thought I was nuts. Every lost pet website, page, social media, they're like, no, he's just a trapper release, feral cat. I was like, no, this cat is somebody's cat. I know it, you know, and like, you know, and it even started to question myself at one point, like, okay, maybe I did. Maybe I'm a total sucker and I was wrong. And then the next day, boom, I find his family, you know, and it's like, it's so important for us to be those little, even the littlest of things. It doesn't have to be big trauma things. It doesn't have to be, you know, this, that, or the other, but us just sinking in to energy, taking a moment to say, does my intuition say X, Y, and Z, you know, and, you know, and I love to do that also in my practice while like, do your sense this or is your sense this? Right. You tell me, let's get you used to listening to that inner voice to, you know, that what is happening and so forth. Yeah. So are you using the muscle testing also to go along with your intuition? Not yet, but it's, it's in the ether. Um, I'm making a goal for myself. Uh, My friend, Bethany, um, has a friend who decided she, cause muscle testing, you got to really practice it. And she was like, so I'm getting ready to do, um, inspired by my friend, Bethany's friend. I'm going to do a hundred days of muscle testing where I muscle test a hundred days in a row. And I ask 50 questions a day to hone my skills. (laughs) <laughs> uh, because it's a because it is it's a muscle testing is interesting because you're asking questions to the person's body you're feeling you're listening 
and you're holding space. And it's a lot of things to do at once. So sometimes you realize I did three of these things, but oh crap, I forgot to ask the question, which defeats the purpose of doing it, you know? So it's something where I was like, okay, you know what? You hone skill by practice and by making space and holding space for yourself to learn how to tune in to other people, to yourself, um, you know, et cetera. And, you know, I have the the blessing of being an artist in the first wave of my life. Um, I had that natural intuition. So I already built in, um, you know, versus I have friends, you know, who have come out of more like um, allopathic conventional medicine, you know, who are moving into more things like functional medicine or more intuitive medicine. And they're like, they're like, they always say they're like, I don't have that mechanism because I've been taught do, 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 do. And they're unwiring, right? It's like, it's unwiring, we re- rewiring, unwiring, rewiring, you know? And that's what Nancy is talking about too. It's like that we're constantly undoing the wires and resyncing them. You know, it's getting our bodies on back online versus offline. Um, it's another way of thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that as I, um, I've done a lot of plant medicine over the years and, um, as a process of sort of rewiring (laughs) and journeying a little bit. And, um, one of my bigger experiences, um, more fun, it was so fundamental, but I grew up in a household where I, you know, I had an alcoholic father, a lot of stuff going on and we were, and we were also just a product of, you know, 19, you know, my mother, you know, 1950s upbringing into 1970s, early eighties rearing of kids, which is like, do as I say, not as I do. This is a patriarchal uh, system here. You're, you just need to put up and shut up. Like, this is what I told you to do. I don't need to hear back talk. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what you need. And this is whatever. And so over the years, I got, was really clear, you know, that my self-esteem got hit, but it also just like, because through that, my ability to distinguish between this feels good, this feels bad. And I need to trust and trusting that, like that it's okay to say no, it's okay to be um, in resistance to something, even though it's coming from an adult, it was coming from my boss, it's coming from a higher authority. And so I'm sitting in this, I don't know know what what I was doing, but I was, I was in, I was in this ceremony at the time and this really powerful moment happened where it put me literally in my living room, like den floor as a kid sitting on the carpet with my brother playing hungry, hungry hippos. And if you know that game, it is a marble on plastic game and you're just pounding, 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 and it gets loud. Yeah. We're all like hammering away right here um, (laughs) to each other, but yeah, it it's loud. And in the background of the house, I was, you could hear my parents arguing and you could hear them over the marbles hitting the plastic but as they ramped up and as my brother and I were feeling the stress and it was going through our body and we were holding all that stress we would hit the hungry hungry hippos faster and faster 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 and that got louder louder we're just trying to dull it out dull it out make it stop make it stop 
And so what the medicine was doing at the time, which I, I fully believe because I, this is what I walked away from was he was like, it was just like, do you feel this? Because you're, you're an adult watching and feeling your young child self experience this moment that was repeated over and over and over again in my childhood in varying degrees and various scenarios that feels bad. It feels bad and it's not good and it, and you don't want to hold on to it, recreate it, stay in like any environment that feels that way. And so I walked out of there at the end and there were so many other scenarios that actually kept popping through, but that, that is one of the most vivid, intense ones that I had. And it was just finally as a grown adult, you know, at the time I was in you know, my early 40s was like, this feels good. This feels bad. You're entitled to to distinguishing between the two. And you know the difference. You know the difference. Your body knows the difference. And you need to, to follow that guide, guidance. And I walked out of there going, okay, it's not my fault. I'm not responsible. I was just part of the system. I need to move forward and then and then start to apply that to wherever else I am, whether I'm managing staff, whether I'm man- I'm a parenting my my seven year old, whether I'm in relationship with my partner. I'm you know what the list goes on, right? We're all we all have our lives and we have to negotiate and navigate people who we love and strangers on the street every day, and so. Anyway, that was it for me. I, I mean, that was one of the many moments, but that was just like one of those moments where it just like plopped in your lap, sits it on a plate, you know, <laughs> says, um, you've been carrying this around for a long time and you have not trusted yourself and that has hurt you and you have to, you have to, it is a life skill. And I think, you know, we you know we could t- we could have a conversation right now about how we parent and uh how we've been parented we could talk about breaking cycles we could talk about being the change we could talk about all these bigger societal things that we need to do that i feel like our our gener- you know gen x gen you know the millennials the you know gen z gen y we're all working in our various ways to unfurl you know, I think every generation is trying to do that unfurling what the previous generation has handed to them. But the point is that we have to start with ourselves. And I think what you're doing, Jules, is is exactly that. It's just saying, like, I see you. I here to support you. Like you're saying, we're here to guide each other and walk hand in hand. And yeah, just like, whoo, take that weight off um, and move, yeah, move forward. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that that story altogether, it's so funny, right? Because I'm saying to myself, oh, do I bring up her father? Don't bring up her father. <laughs> don't bring up her father. Because it's one of those things where you're like, oh, you know, I don't know. Maybe this is not the place. You know, no, it's okay. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. And, and you know, trust, 
Learning to trust oneself, I feel like is like dipping one toe into the pool uh, and then dipping it just a little further each time you you make a choice, yeah. right? And so, I mean, plant medicine is a full submersion of trust because once you, you know, merge with that plant, I mean, yes. you are, you're in it no matter yeah. the experience. And, mm. and so, you know, trust is, I found uh, for me, you know, look, growing up, I mean, I, I definitely, I had, you know, my father who was a uh, full celestial, new ager, metaphysical all the way. And a mom who was like June Cleaver, <laughs> hands down, right? Both, well, both yeah. loving in their own ways, but each, uh, you know, contribute to the human condition that is moi, right? Right. <laughs> and, and so that trust factor comes in, I, I think you nailed it, knowing yourself, right? Mm. Because the more you know yourself, the more that you can discern all information that comes in for you. What is yours? What did you pick up? What was a practiced condition? What was given to you? And then where is it lodging in my body? Where is it lodging in my thoughts? And it's really, it's as simple as this. You watch your parents fight, you hear them fight. So right away, you're creating a protective mechanism for how you, A, you either block out what you're hearing. So la di da di da di do right? Hitting that hungry hippo even faster so that you don't hear it. And yet that hungry hippo is also something that is creating chaos, right? Oh, yeah. It goes along with the, the whistles and bells for every nervous system alert moment while you're trying to block out the original root source of that, that source. Mm -hmm. So right. that moment and. But sorry, time out for a second, but we can, oh, we yeah. can, you can replicate that now immediately into how do we create chaos? Yes in between ourselves and the original root in order to distract from, like, I can Excellent. never go to that original root because I'm too busy just dealing with this right. one little thing, these little marbles right here. I can right. never, yeah. So anyway, that expresses to, in yeah. control, which is something that I feel that perhaps, you know, you've had to uh, go into like, how much do I need to control my environment, control an outcome, control a situation. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe plant medicine was like, uh, guess what? You actually can't control anything but yourself. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, luckily yeah. I had, uh, some early exposure as a teenager to dabbling in LSD and other things that helped oh, me nice trust that process some so it wasn't just jumping in blind but yeah, yeah for sure uh, yeah you know it is and and we're grappling with control um I will say just as being a chef and managing a kitchen and uh you learn to let go <laughs> it I is a it. it is a great yeah. lesson in letting go because uh shit just happens let's be honest um there's no there's a lot of people involved and and uh anyway yeah so I I, yeah, I also think it's really important. I want to bring it back to, you know, as we, I know, want to be respectful of your time and thank you so much for coming and like diving in with us. I think what we want to reiterate here and what Cheryl and I, you know, we always talk about 
repeatedly is like we are all unique beings, which we've just reiterated. We have disease and ailments show up because of all sorts of reasons and contributions. We need to respect that. I mean, really hold some cadence and respect for it. Um, not to put up our arms and say, hey, this is happening to me. I'm a victim. I have no control. But at the same time, not take ownership, full ownership and, sh- and live in some shame, blame, cool cesspool. But that when you agree, Jules, that there's some happy, in- there is a happy, maybe may not be the right word, but there's an in-between. <laughs> Between saying I'm a victim, I have I have not I can't do anything about this, and I am to blame for it all. And right, because that's the healthy place is in the middle. The healthy place is in the middle, and I I think that it's also it's just such the recognition that how you are speaking to yourself on the daily, even who you surround Mm -hmm. yourself with, right? So are Mm -hmm. those people? feeding all of your doubts because they have so many of their own doubts that you're like, oh yeah, I totally get that, right? And that it just supports all the things that you you actually are, you're not wanting to choose and yet you still do, right? Yeah. So that that medium, that happy, happy medium, we'll call it, right? <laughs> is, <laughs> is the place where you're you're checking, you check yourself. And it's okay to check yourself on the daily throughout your whole entire day until it becomes second nature practice. Mm-hmm. And you can let go of that particular thing that you were checking yourself on. Yeah. And then you go forward and then you address the next. And, you know, it's trust, trusting yourself and shifting that inner talk and really tuning into your intuition is a 100% process. It's just... Mm-hmm. There is no quick fix. Uh, sometimes we get so locked into the mind that we actually forget. Like, and then, you know, after something, you're like, oh, darn it. I totally forgot to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And well, and okay. I, yeah, I, I quickly, I wanted to mention, I, I just had a very synchronistic conversation with, with a good friend of mine yesterday. She was coming, she's gone through a whole journey with her therapist and what she's come to recognize is like, she's done a lot of somatic work with her, meaning she's working around the body, through the body, really just trying to recognize how the emotions come up and the way that she dispels uncomfortable emotions is this traumatic response to cry and crying can be so triggering and it's hard to do in public and, you know, and all sort of scenarios. But what she's trying to do, what she's trying to recognize is like, I, I well, she has accepted that crying is her method of release, that it's okay, that it's just like something she has to do sometimes to, to let it go. And yeah. noticing that when she's able just to move through the, unco- through, like what she was sharing with me is how, accomplished she felt that she could say no to things that she normally would get triggered by that would cause a shame spiral for her to and then she would get into the crying episodes she was like it was just exhausting um and so I found myself avoiding situations and not putting myself in positions where I would be triggered at all which I felt isolated from but now because I'm stronger and I now have evolved and I have these tools, I can do these things and show up in ways and continue to to, to grow. And she's like, you know, I'm a 
45-year-old woman who's just learning this. And that's okay. And that's my path. And I, yeah, I mean, Cheryl, just give a thumbs up. It's like, we need to do this. It's okay. We are, you might be, you know, 22, you might be 46, you might be 65, you might be 89 before any of that comes to fruition for you. Um, but God help us, like, you know, we gotta, we gotta sort of learn it at some point, hopefully. And, um, anyway, I just wanted to share that because I feel like in all practicality, what that means is like, let's say she needs to go advocate for herself to her boss. Let's say she needs to have a hard conversation with her parent. She needs to, you know, confront someone, um, you know, that she can, she's learned the tool to stay in her body and to stay present. And, you know, what, what we're talking about here is the work that you do, Jules, is so important because it's like, you know, you're in that doctor's office, you're having to set boundaries with your children, with your parents, with your, with your loved ones, um, whether it's because of a health condition that you're working through or because, you know, you're, you're, you've had enough, but regardless, it's, um, part of our journey right now to do the work. And this is just what, what you offer is just one of those really strong modalities um, that I honestly feel like it's like, once you've learned to do it, you're not going to, you might get a little wobbly on, on the bike again, but you can get back on that bike and ride it. You, what you've learned, you know, don't, wouldn't you agree that like, it's absolutely, just, yeah. absolutely always. And, and I think that that's, uh, you know, that too is a practice for people mm-hmm. to not look at it as a giant setback. And now we have to start all over. It's like, well, or <laughs> now you have a, a great example once again, right? Like something that says, oh, right. Okay. I'm, I'm working on this actively and I am whole as is. And I am, right, using the I am statements, I am, I'm in the throes of being my own healing catalyst. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm doing. And I am forgiving of myself. I am compassionate for myself. I am going to treat myself the same way that I would treat my very best friend. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, you got to take a step back, even just for the contrast to see how far you've come. Because if you don't, you know, you don't have something to measure it against. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, and that just goes back to, to learning about yourself and to knowing yourself. And, and that really is the Holy grail of this, this timeline right now that everybody's on. Yeah. Oh, and I yeah. have to tell you, so every time you guys use the word woo, so woo uh, is, uh, it's actually W U and it means, uh, from the shaman's perspective to walk between worlds. So that's really what woo is, right? Because Mm. every time we're working with above, below, within, without universe soul, we are walking between worlds and people are naturally tuned into that, uh, on so many different levels. They just don't give themselves credit for it. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, 
Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Like, uh, I think this is, I, uh, I mean, we could probably go on and go on and on and, you know, about this over and over again. There's just so much we could cover. Um, and for you guys listening, we have a book club it is up on our website. You can visit our Instagram. Um, and it's just a series of books from myself, from Nancy, from our guests, um, things that we've read that we think are fantastic. Um, so we encourage you to check those things out. Tag us in your posts um, as well. Um, so Julie, do you have a favorite book that you would like to uh, share with our readers? I do. It's called Frequency, and it is all about tuning into uh, the frequencies around you so that you can identify where you are at on your intuitive journey, which helps improve your self-talk and trusting your intuition. Mm. Adding that to my book list. Mm -hmm. I haven't read that one. So Nancy, what you got? Well, I actually, I'm kind of taking a left turn today a little bit, so I'm going to hold it up to show you guys, um, but it's actually a card deck, which I love, <laughs> and it's called the Goddess Oracle. It's a deck and book set, and um, it is put together by Amy Sophia Marashinsky, and it's illustrated by Harana Yanto. And, um, it's actually been really powerful deck for me. And especially, you know, if you, you know, to get in touch with the goddess, to pull a card and just have some reflection, it comes from all parts of our world's, um, myth and, you know, God and goddess stories. So it's not just Greek or or Roman. Um, it comes from all over the world. So anyway, I, I highly encourage it. It's been one of those things that I've done in circle with, with girlfriends that I've done on my own after meditation. Um, it's just one of those moments where I just like to pull a card and get a reflection and feel like where, where is, where do I intuitively pull a card and to help me and guide me and give me some perspective. Oh, I love that. All right. Well, I have got two books, maybe three. All right. So the first is because, you know, I'm a book hoe. Everybody <laughs> knows this. This is to this podcast. It's hard to just pick one. Mm. Um, I'm also just a ferocious reader. But um, the first one is actually The Biology of Belief um, by mm. Bruce Lipton. Highly, highly recommend. I know Julie also really loves that book. Um, the other one is actually, um, it's called Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, mm. Also really, really good. I'm hoping to make it to a Dr. Joe retreat at some point um, this year. And actually another one that I read a little earlier in my own healing journey that has always stuck around that I've really liked is um, it's called The Untethered Soul um, mm. by Michael Singer. So, you know, again, like, we're talking about lots of different things. And so I think this just gives people little niblets <laughs> of um, lots of directions in which you can go. And it's like, you know, one thing I've just learned is just to kind of close this out is um, over time, like things will be revealed to you in layers and in waves and like nothing mm -hmm. happens overnight. Just like healing doesn't happen overnight, you know, slow food, slow medicine, slow healing work, slow just, you know what I mean? And so just being patient with yourself, being patient um, with process and just remaining um, open to mm. change and revelation, really. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. 
Um, yeah, and I mean, the great Oprah herself just just listened to her give a talk, and she was just saying the same thing. Is just like, um, I'm still grappling with the process, and uh, you know, you think I maybe have it all figured out, but I'm just like you. I'm figuring it out one step at a time. Um, so anyway, this is all to say, Jules, thank you. And we so appreciate you and your work and for being here. And uh, guys, what do we say, Cheryl? Well, before we peel that onion, uh, Julie, how can our listeners find you? Yes. <laughs> we Sorry. can peel the onion on our way to, oh, yeah. how do our listeners find you? How do people connect with you? Uh, they can connect with me through my website and on Instagram. And my website is Julie tartac.com and my instagram is at jewels whole soul wellness mm, awesome so give her a follow go to our Woo-hoo. website uh, when this episode um you know when is uh, when you go to listen to this episode um you guys will be able to find all the books and everything show notes tags um find our website and julie thank you so much for being here Thank you so much. Great, great having a a lovely morning chat. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, guys, keep peeling that onion and come back and hear us soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Healing the Onion podcast. If we've inspired you to take the next step in your healing journey, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. You can also find us on Instagram and online at peelingtheonionpodcast.com. Music by Greg DeJazu and podcast production by Nova Media. Until next time, keep peeling the onion.